The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's David Wickert and Tim Holtman. Good morning, and welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David Wickert, Senior Loan Consultant and Managing Owner, joined by brother-in-law Tim Holtman, also Senior Loan Consultant. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, If you've got a question or a comment, you can reach us on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line, which is 855-616-1620. And as always, you can grab a podcast of today's show wherever you normally get your podcasts. All right, Tim. I, I know I've said this a couple weeks, but it's every year after the first of the year the skies open up and yep. buyers are just like i want to buy a house and it could not be more true this year i it, feel like it's even more pronounced than in, than in years past well so. and that and i that pent-up demand i'm totally with you on that pent-up demand because I, I had a note as i was getting ready for today's show Supply and demand is going to be the story in 2024, particularly around you know listings and available homes for sale. Because I sure. wrote, yeah. buyers want it more than sellers need it. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. Uh, and and so this, so the the first you know story that I wanted to get to was we talk a lot about first time home buyers. They represent only maybe about. Anywhere from a third to maybe forty percent of home buyers. The other mm-hmm. big chunk is move up buyers. Right. Hey, exactly. I have I, I own a home, but my God, we just had our second baby and we need more space. You know, mm-hmm. please help me get to the next house. So I have two clients um, who I, I want to address. You know, how we go about solving this puzzle, because Dad likes to describe it as puzzle solving. Sometimes I also describe it as it's like being a mortgage carpenter. And man, I, it, we're always like, what tool can I reach for mm-hmm. in my mortgage mm, toolbox? Toolbox. Yeah. To help our client, you know, we've talked a lot about bridge loans, you know, using the equity in the old home as down payment on the next house. We've talked about, you know, setting up uh, for retired folks, you know, new, setting up an IRA draw. Exactly. To, new income. Of- Create some new income for qualifying purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Because the the what we're trying to not avoid the strength we are trying to help our clients have is that when they write the offer on the next house, we're gonna we're gonna move heaven and earth so that you don't have to say in the next breath right after right after I I have to sell my my house. Yeah, and and uh, you know uh, Brian calls it the kiss of death, and honestly, in a competitive market, it is because if you think about it from the seller's perspective, right? If you got seven offers on your kitchen table, even if you have two or three, yeah, your realtor is going to be like, ah, the ones with a home sale contingency, throw those away first, because in the seller's mind, that means this person can't really even buy my house until they sell their current house, and it's. It's this whole other transaction that you need to rely on going off without a hitch exactly. 
so that your transaction can go off without a the hitch. The buyer is one stranger. Now I'm now I'm praying for my buyer's buyer, two strangers to you know <laughs> right. actually you know get the me and your and your buyer's buyer's lender and oh, I mean yeah. there's just there's so much so more that yeah. Which by the way, just to argue against myself, for anyone who is writing an offer contingent on the sale of their home, there is a number at which a seller is willing to wait. It's like you list your house for three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> And someone writes you an offer for a million contingent yeah, on the sale of their home. Right, you they'll would wait. probably well, wait. Yeah, uh, offer price or purchase price, that's always the ace in the hole, right? That's the thing that always will and probably forever will speak the loudest to the seller. But yeah, yeah it's hey, it's Cash when you're king, when you're right? when you're crafting a strong offer, it's it's a it's the culmination of several things usually, not yes. just one thing. Unless to your point it's like, yeah, if I'm offering ninety thousand dollars over list, right, you know, right. and with a home sale contingency, the seller will be like, "Well, I guess I can or, wait." Or, you know, or, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll write twenty five thousand dollars over the the other guy, any guy. Show me an yeah. offer, and I'll write you <laughs> twenty five yeah. grand over anybody else. You know, maybe a right. seller would be willing. To, okay, yeah. so m- most, but back to <laughs> yeah, back to reality because most, most people aren't going to do that, right? right. So it's. So, How do we figure out other ways to make your offer competitive without having to offer twenty five thousand dollars more than anyone else for the same property? And I and let me and I, I got to set the table because what we're problem solving is if you purchase the new home and at that nanosecond that the pen is striking paper and the ink is sinking in, if you still own your previous home, mm-hmm. mortgage world for any number of years and for the foreseeable future, wants to make sure that the income we have documented can swing yeah. both the new mortgage and the old mortgage and everything else. And all your other debts on your credit report. For the foreseeable future. So right. I want to describe to our listeners the tool that I reached for twice this past week that is a little unique to try to offset to try to you know get us to fit in the my god i have two mortgage payments at this nanosecond Mm -hmm. Uh, i'll reveal all that after this break you're listening to the accident mortgage and realty show on am 620 wtmj Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm David. That's Tim over there. Good morning. We are sharing tools and stories on the, hey, I own a house. Please help me get to this new, probably bigger house. And Tim, the what I was describing was, you know, hey, at the nanosecond you're buying the new house, if you still own the other home, your soon-to-be old house, the income that we have on paper and have documented needs to show that your budget can swing both mortgage payments, not in perpetuity, I mean, kind of basically well, in perpetuity. Yeah, I mean, the way I describe it to my customers is like, listen, the the mortgage underwriting world tends to think of things in the absolute worst case scenario, exactly. right? So they, they want to make sure that even if you have someone lined up ready to buy your home, if they haven't signed on the dotted line and closed on the day that you close on the new home purchase, yeah. the mortgage world wants to make sure you have enough income to pay for the new house payment, the old house payment, plus all the other payments on your credit report, essentially forever. Because you know, in the worst case scenario, on the way to closing, you know, the the buyers of your old home change their mind and walk away, or exactly. uh, you know, 
it, or they lose know, their job the day before. Yeah. In, insert worst case scenario, right? It's like the bottom line is we have to abide by that rule, and, and every mortgage lender does. It's not an Acunet rule. So. so the tool that I reached for twice this past week, because, again, we're talking about the old house. It's like, ugh, I don't want the old house anymore. I want my new house. Mm-hmm. Don't even and want if, to think about it. Yeah. If, so let's pretend, does your old house have a $2,000 a month you know, monthly payment? That, hey, when you sell that house, it's going to go away. But at right. the time, you kind of have, you know, think of it almost like a car payment or, a, you know, some kind of this thing, this $2,000 example payment. The, the tool that I reached for this week was if you get a signed lease on the soon-to-be old home, ah. And that lease, you're basically saying, I'm going to go rent my soon-to-be old house. Mm -hmm. If the rent begins before the first payment, so let's use this as an example. Not the closing date, yeah. Not the closing date. Okay, so it's the middle of February here. Let's say you close the middle of March. Your first mortgage payment is going to be May 1. If you can get a signed lease and the person who's going to rent your soon-to-be old house is going to start renting before May 1st, the income on that lease can be used. The anticipated income. Exactly. Yeah. To offset the payment. So let's use it. So if your old payment's $2,000, but you can get, if you can rent it out, your house, for $1,500 for the old house, that $1,500 it offsets the carrying cost of the payment of the old house. So the net effect, just to make the numbers simple, is that the carrying cost of the old house, it ain't $2,000 anymore. It's $500. Right. Which the reason that matters. Yeah. Yeah. The reason that matters is it frees you up to qualify for more mortgage payment on the new home. Because, again, this is all just uh, to really get us past this little temporary hurdle of you owning both properties simultaneously. Whether you decide to then sell that old home later or continue renting it out, either way, we've solved the issue of that $2,000 a month expense. Yes. You know, that you that you maybe don't have enough income to just make up for on your own. By the way, the the I was laughing cuz as I was getting into the details on this, mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, I was like, "Whoa, what if I just get someone to rent my house for $10,000 a month, Tim?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Boy, that would really free me up to borrow well, a lot of money. The, yeah, that, that can I already stop you? I know why that won't work. The the expected rental income, the best it can do is cancel out the monthly cost of owning that home. You don't get a, a income above and beyond that. And the way the other way that that happens is the appraiser would complete a rent schedule. Mm, right. Validating the rent that <laughs> uh, you were going to get on the an expected uh, amount of rental income that you could expect to get for that <laughs> property. Right. Um, exactly. I'm. I'm curious too. Are you know? Are there any other restrictions with that rule? Like I, I think, and because I've I've done this before, but it's been a while for myself personally. The signed lease can't be from a family member, right, or someone with the same last name. I've heard that that might raise some eyebrows with underwriting. Uh, potentially, I, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, offhand, and we can let's circle back because that's a great question. I would say maybe the um, follow-up questions might be like. Not, you know, let's say it's a family member, probably first month's rent, 
last month's rent. Oh, sure. Maybe, Security deposit, something like that. It's got yeah. it. Maybe the, we need to show the rent as being received, you know, if it's not mm. from a stranger. But, yeah, let's dig into – we can get dig sure. into those well, details for our listeners. And that is – but, I mean, uh, that is a great tool, and I guarantee you most loan consultants probably – haven't thought about that, but that is a legitimate rule in the Fannie Mae guideline to use anticipated rental income from a previous home to offset that expense. So I've got another client that I use this for, uh, but kind of to solve a different, it was oh. a, a different problem or a different puzzle. Let me get into that after this break. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. Uh, big game Sunday edition. And Tim, we're describing, you know, I, lo- I love the p- puzzle solving of this whole mortgage business. And so it's we- the best. It's the best part of the job. So. The first example I had was, you know, using a new lease to rent your old house to offset the payment on the old house because that hasn't gone away if you still own it. Right. I had another client this past week. We were using or we were considering that tool to actually help them maybe get to that next level of house, you know, for the new house, you know, because as you pointed out in the previous segment, this is about freeing up income that can be used toward the new mortgage, right? So if right. you can, and we do this sometimes, you know, um, I had a, a client this past week, hey, we're going to pay off one of your car loans because then your income's not going toward the car payment. Now we can use that income to go toward the mortgage payment. And so that was my other example this past exactly, week. Exactly, right. Like, Hey, you don't need the equity in your old house. Hey, you kind of want to hang on to the house anyway. Maybe you rent it out. You know, sooner now, and then and then you can buy sixty thousand dollars more house, more house, house, right? Yeah. So that's which to put it in real life terms like that, I think is important, David. Because if you just say, yes. "Oh, well, yeah, you can afford more," it's like, well, go to your you know smart home search tool, whatever you're using, yeah. Zillow, you know, whatever. And increase the price range by sixty grand, and see what cool. different features that gets you. The more square footage, the more beds, the more baths. Like now, it's real, right? That yeah. talking about uh, okay, what do we need to do to like pre-approve you for a certain dollar amount? That's like the boring, dry part. Unless you're like a mathematician or a scientist, or like we enjoy that part, yeah. but. For some, for some people, you got to flip it to like okay, in real life. This is what that unlocks for you. And all of a sudden, you know, the light bulb goes on. It's like, oh, wow, you're telling me I can maybe get into this neighborhood or now I can get into this level of house with these many bedrooms. And, oh, maybe I can get that attached garage or that finished basement or, you know, real life extra half bath off the kitchen. Yeah. Like those real life things. I, and when I, when I'm talking to clients, I tell them, I'm like, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Nobody wakes up and wants a mortgage. Well, you actually want a house. That's but true. it's it's about it's yeah, you know yeah. mortgage is a tool just like we described that lease rent on the old house is a tool it's like mortgage is a tool mm-hmm. uh, yeah so and and again as we said at the start of the show this is all part of the greater category of the large group of people who might be considering getting from their old house to their new house how can we 
put a plan together to do that. Tim, you were telling me the tool you reached for in the last week or yeah. two was Cosigner, which is like, come on, yeah. tail as old as time, Cosigner. Well, tail as old as time, but like it's not. I don't feel like at least we've talked about it that often on the radio show compared to some of the other tools like bridge loan, IRA income, paying off a car loan, uh, you know, the even the lease example, right? So I had two different customers in this past week, both with very different reasons why this was the best tool in the toolbox. But yeah. uh, that's also part of the fun is that we know the rules, but everyone comes to the table with a slightly different situation, right? Yeah. And we kind of get to navigate that and customize a game plan, which truly is slightly different for pretty much everyone. No, you know, no borrower is identical from a financial standpoint or from a real life standpoint for that matter. Right. So the first example was a husband and wife looking to, uh, to purchase a different, better home. And she had just switched. She had not changed jobs, but she had switched from being hourly to commission. <laughs> and that was a problem. She switched like a month ago, right? Oh, no. And the, okay. the employer was really nice. They The employer was even willing to write a letter saying they have a guaranteed base that we can count right away. And I think in real life, their income was fine because she was making good money, but yeah, yeah, most yeah. of it we just couldn't use yet because her income from commission just started like two weeks ago, right? So this is the key. In real life, their income was perfectly comfortable, but yeah, on yeah. paper, what we can use to qualify did not look so good per the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac guidelines. Well, so it's, it's different. The tool that after, you know, kind of brainstorming, it is different, right? There's so many examples that we've talked about before where real life income is different than what's known as qualifiable income, right? What income can we use to qualify you for this new mortgage? Well, what and my, and you're right. I, my version of different was going to be while everyone has the hope that your client is going to succeed as a commission person person <laughs> There's no track record of that actually right. happening. And well, so and so that's exactly. why and that's why changed. we can't use it right yeah. away. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this is this goes back to Fannie Mae thinking in worst case scenarios, right? Similar to the home contingency thing. And after the break, I'll get into the tool that we use both for these folks and then uh, actually another customer with a slightly different situation. Now it's time to turn it over to the 24-hour newsroom. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David. That's Tim. Tim, you were describing, I, I had this like visceral reaction when you described your client <laughs> going from being, you know, base income, you know, predictable to, you know, five minutes ago she became commission. And I, I, yeah. I, I think my reaction was, oh, yeah, because we've all we've all been there. We've all had a similar situation like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's not her fault. But, you know, it's no, just she's a, doing it because she's she's thinking like, I'm going to go make more money. But, right. but it's and, different. Yeah, and you know, to the layperson, they would be like, well, why does that matter? Why, right. why should that have any effect on whether or not I can qualify for a mortgage to buy a house? So anyways. The... Well, so, and you still wanted to be like, well, I mean, like, is there a way we can still figure out how to help you buy a house? Like, let's, yeah, let's it, keep, let's not just leave it at like, good luck to you. Call me in two years after you um, have, you know, two years of commission history. Yeah, no, we are not, we don't give up that easy. Trust no. me. We, you know, we're going to leave no stone unturned to see if there's a path forward. And luckily in uh, my customer's case, her dad uh, was absolutely willing to raise his hand and be like, hey, if that's the issue, you know, I'm a salaried W-2 employee, been working at my same company for 25 years, you know, slam dunk on income, yep. not a lot of debt. You know, I'm happy to 
cosign as what we call a non-occupying coal borrower just means that it's a fancy way of saying he's going to help them qualify for the loan, but he's not going to live in the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I gathered his information over the phone and boom, in this case, it was a slam dunk uh, and in fact made them a stronger uh, offer, which I, you know, I think the agent was appreciative of because in addition to him lending his income, or not lending, that's the wrong word, uh, contributing his income on the, yeah, there you go, utilizing, uh, he also said, well, hey, you know, I actually just, uh, I think he had recently received a, a small inheritance from a relative of his that okay. had passed away, and he's like, you know, why don't I help with the down payment a little bit? And uh, they're five percent down. In for a dollar, in for a dozen, yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Exactly. Well, I think he wanted, you know, to help his daughter buy more of a long-term house that they would be happy with for ten to fifteen years, as opposed to a smaller house that they'd be happy with for you know one to two years. So their five percent down pre-approval became a. 20% down pre-approval, whoa, 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 whoa. which okay. was, you know, one of our other secret sauce recommendations to, you know, help the offer become more appealing to the sellers as well. You're, you were implying, are they now reaching for maybe a little bit more house because they're at 20% down? So they are yep. both stronger and more? Correct. Yeah. They, they decided to increase their price range a little bit because again, even though on paper, it looks like my borrower doesn't make that much. She's actually doing just fine in in terms of her real life money that well, she's coming in with this commission income. So and you and I both. I mean, we've had clients. You know, you bring in the cosigner if that's what it it might take in order to yeah. get everything approved. I think most cosigners' expectation, though, is that yeah. they would like to I'm not, not gonna be, be bothered about it, the actual monthly payments. Well, Exactly, and that that's a perfect segue to my other co-signer story. Because oh, okay. this week I had two customers that we ended up getting a co-signer on to get them pre-approved. The second one, uh, this gentleman, a past customer of mine, he had sold his previous home that I had helped him buy a couple years ago. He was renting. Uh, he's engaged to his new sweetheart, and they want to buy a new home together. So I, I uh, you know, I, I'm going to get them pre-approved. I access his credit and his old mortgage. Uh, on his home that he had sold a couple months ago, showed a 60-day late payment on there right before the home closed. Okay. And it was within the last year, which I know you're already thinking about the issue, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were like, yo, we don't want a late mortgage payment you, you reported. You new money? What were you yeah. doing with that old money? Yeah, and, and the kiss of death, death it was within twelve the last 12 months, Ugh. which is kind of like the automatic, you know, uh, killer of the pre-approval. Yeah. So in his case, it was a forbearance issue. We're actually, uh, we're still working through this, but we believe maybe, uh, it was a, fa- uh, an inaccurately reported late payment. Oh, like he was, he should have been like, you know, in this non-reporting he, forbearance, yes. as you said, like I'm not making right. payments, but, but, but we have an agreement between me and who I'm making monthly payments to that like, it's okay. Yeah, and we still we're still working to get to the bottom of that. But in the meantime, uh, what we have realized we can do is use just his fiance on the new mortgage, and believe it or not, his dad. So it's an interesting combination, and we'll get more into it in the next break. Uh, Would you like to again? This is like family now. Well, who needs the wedding? Let's here we are today. Can I? Right. Okay. This is very interesting. If only, and it's again, as we said previously, 
it's reaching for the tool when appropriate, right? It's, yeah. We're not no reaching, stone unturned. Right, yeah. Exactly. And and uh, you, and let's let's keep going into this, but you don't have to use a cosigner. But but I think no. what we really focus on is I'm going to show you all the tools in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we decide to reach for it, I at least want to open the yeah. mortgage toolbox and, to all. And there's of these. there's more to unpack with this story okay. too, so we'll we'll get into it in the next segment. All right, uh, more on this. Uh, you are listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM six twenty WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Thanks for hanging out with us. This back half of the show has so far been co-signer part of the show. <laughs> Tim, what I and I, you got more meat on the bone and your story about your other client. What mm-hmm. I wanted to public service announcement for any parents, grandparents aunts, uncles who might be called to be co-signers, we really should call it co-applicants because you are not any less responsible for the borrowed money. You are, it's going to get reported on your credit report. You, if things go poorly, you you will be involved in that (laughs) poorishness. And yeah, yeah. it's, it's a serious uh, decision to make. There's no light touch. No, it, it, you're you're no. in you're in it, and and as we alluded to, most cosigners would like the primary, the those living in the home to be taking care of the mm-hmm. monthly bill. I'm just saying, if it were me and my kids, Ugh. I I wouldn't be uh, oblivious to the no. that they are making money. Yeah, I would not my, flippantly make that decision. Exactly, yeah. I would be I would be aware. So yeah. just so so for anyone, you know, it's it's a good it's tool. a good PSA. Yeah, it's a good PSA. It's a tool that we re- that we reach for. It's just you're you're well, into it the same as if you're helping them and actually moving in. That you're going to get a bedroom and a pillow at this new house. Yeah, and and actually in my customer's case, we are already uh, sort of formulating the game plan on like how's the what's the fastest we can get the dad off the mortgage because you know he at least yeah so um, because the the my customer's late mortgage payment if if we're not victorious in getting that removed because that that can be a big undertaking to get a late payment removed from a credit report even if it is a an, it made an error that was September of 2023 okay. so we already know that that 12 month anniversary of that will be September of 2024 and assuming Worst nothing case. else yeah assuming nothing else happens in the interim my borrower should be able to qualify for Fannie and Freddie financing again with his name on the mortgage in September of 2024. So the interim is, you know, they want to buy a house before then, seven months away. So my borrower is going to leave himself off this mortgage intentionally. His fiance has excellent credit, decent income. Oh, so the getting it fixed isn't part of the primary game plan. Yeah, we're not not relying on that because we aren't confident we're going to be successful in that. So we're already moving forward with plan B. Which is they want the house li- more than they want to be right. Yeah, at least exactly. immediately. Right. He he wants uh, so he's going to leave himself off this mortgage. His fiance has uh, good credit and decent income, but her income alone is not enough to get them in the price range they want. So my customer's dad, the fiance's future like, father-in-law. This is like my sister Grace <laughs> buying a house with your dad, Mark. <laughs> yes, exactly. Before we got married. Shout, shout out to Mark Holman. He would never out. co-sign for a mortgage, by the way. I know, but I'm just like, it is, it is. It's interesting. It's bizarre. Yes. 
But uh, the dad is also a past customer of mine, actually. Come on, okay. Uh, you know, keeping it all in the family. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. he might have been the one who referred his son to me originally. Right. Anyway, so I, I know this gentleman. Uh, we're going to connect on Monday, get him added onto the co-signer. I kind of already know it's going to be fine because I remember his financials from a couple of years back. Yeah, you weren't worried. Yeah, and, oh, and we're, we're going to Bob. Right. Bob's yeah. For it. Yeah, exactly. It's more than a handshake deal for sure. So yeah. we're going to move forward. I'm sure they're going to find a house in the next couple months. And then I'm already going to mark the calendar for September to call up my customer and say, hey, assuming rates are the same or better, let's refinance to get your dad off and you onto the mortgage. And at that time, they'll be married as well. They won't be engaged. So, uh, you know, this is, again, kind of a nice stopgap game plan to get them into a house now uh, and then still ideally not have the dad co-signing in, in perpetuity. perpetuity. Yeah. Oh, well, can I just compliment to you? This is how we approach things at Accident Mortgage. We, If it needs to be a Texas two-step, where step one is, as you just, for your client, fiance and dad, that's not the end of the consultation. If the right. consult, oh, yeah. our, we're, our colleague, we're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Well, exactly, because come September, A, we're still going to be here, you mm -hmm. know, and we're going to call you and be like, hey, it's been 12 months since this incorrect you know, late payment was reported. But we want to not just figure out how to help today, but figure out how to then do step two. Oh, and then when rates come down in X number of months, then thereafter, yeah. let's figure out how to make your pile of money smarter, I, cheaper, better. Be uh, just the one that I had in mind, our colleague Brad, senior mm -hmm. loan consultant as well, he's got a client going through divorce, and uh, the dad is hopping on his co-signer to, to make it happen because- right. The divorce because it's got to happen. Because yeah. it's got to happen. The divorce is kind of you know it's painful, and the dad stepping up to help out. Is that the plan for forever? No, no. But it's the plan for now. And then when the numbers come together, to take step number two, just like for your client. Yeah, we'll be there. Exactly. Yeah, I say this to almost all my customers, uh, and it's not lip service. I want to be your mortgage guy for life. So exactly. we're not we're not consulting for just the immediate need. We're consulting, yes, for that, but also for future needs as well and trying to hopefully fit all that into the big picture game plan. All right. For our last segment, I got, I got a couple hodgepodge lodge. Uh, Let's do it. Things, things coming up on the calendar, a couple other stories. Uh, you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Find a place to call home. Without the headache, this is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David. That's Tim. Good it morning. Big Game Sunday. Tim, uh, let us take 30 seconds to talk about our own personal experiences. I can literally Let's. taste the family room <laughs> watching Super Bowl 31. I can uh. picture Andre Risen catching the ball across yep. the middle. I can picture Antonio Freeman catching it along the sidelines. Desmond Howard taking oh, it back the from the one-yard line. The Reggie White sacks. Reggie oh, White's yeah. three sacks. Brett Favre running down the field with his helmet in his hand. I can, yeah. I can taste that day uh, sitting at the house. So to whatever small child who watches today's game, I hope you do a radio show <laughs> X numbers of years from now and can talk about just like the visceral memory you have of winning. Because I can go. say this, I don't remember any of Super Bowl 32 because I have blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> yeah, that, that that trauma is it will come out in therapy at exactly. some point. Okay, so a little hodgepodge lodge uh, as we wrap up. So markets, there's a bunch of data that gets reported 
day by day, week by week, that interest rate and mortgage markets react to. Most of it is noise because mm-hmm. I'm gonna. The only two, two and a half that matter is one, the jobs report, which is yep. the first Friday of every month, unless it's kind of like the first of the month, then they kick it to the second Friday. And the other one is the CPI report, the Consumer Price Index. The two and a half one is the PCE, which is the Personal Consumption Expenditure, which is like inflation. It's it's a different way that they measure it. Different metric, yeah. Exactly. Okay, well, this Tuesday, the CPI, Consumer Price Index, you know, report gets published, Markets that hey, if that's one of the two big ones, markets. I mean, like they can move a lot in either direction. Yeah, yeah. At seven twenty nine, <laughs> markets are going to be like, and then at you know seven thirty and a half, they'll exhale and you know gyrate, do whatever they're going to do. Yeah, exactly. But like again, as I said earlier in the show, buyers want it more than sellers need it, and so mm. not that rates are immaterial, but the gyrations themselves are immaterial to what rates are doing day by day, week by week. Because guess what? As you described, people are buying houses for personal reasons. Hey, I'm getting married, and I well, want to yeah. take my bride home to a, to our house, or with babies, <laughs> brides, babies, and grandkids. That's what it yeah. is. And the other thing, too, is unless you're waiting by your computer to, to discover that CPI data, which you're not unless you're in the mortgage industry, no. you're probably not going to be instantaneously aware of what it does to affect mortgage rates. But guess what? If you were looking out, if you were looking for a house on Monday, you're going to be looking for a house on Tuesday and right. Wednesday Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday evening, you're not going to be like, honey, uh, like sorry. that's it. Yeah, gotta, you know what? Got to call off the house. Yeah, exactly. So, to your point, it's not like rates don't matter, but they are not going to be the thing that's going to, for most people, going to make them to decide to buy or to not buy right now. So, so the other you were telling me off air, there's been a lot of ink spilled proverbial if only because what what is <laughs> digital ink my kids would be like dad what was a newspaper yeah uh there's been a lot of ink spilled about down payment assistance yeah because some time ago i once said it's a lot easier to get a forty thousand dollar salary than it is to save up forty thousand dollars for a down payment mm. and so down payment assistance is a really uh, hey what do you know another tool in the mortgage toolbox that we can reach for mm-hmm. when appropriate and at Acunet Mortgage, we've got down payment assistant tools, programs, grants, all of it. So much of that is income specific. So much of that can be property specific, zip mm-hmm. code, location specific, specific. Yeah. yeah. That it's a little difficult to speak broadly about down payment assistance. But the answer is yeah, we got that tool in our toolbox. But you were describing to me, Tim. It's not always just about who can throw money at you and can you use it. It's also, and can I get to the closing table with <laughs> yeah, I, I sp- assistance? I spoke to a borrower last week who was referred by his realtor buying a home in Illinois. It's his first time buying a home. And okay. he was, uh, I was talking to me and one other lender. And that other lender, to be quite honest, had a more robust uh, grant for down payment assistance okay. than, than what I could offer him based on what I know his income to be, because he uploaded his tax returns, he's a self-employed borrower. And what it came down to is, and we're still in discussions, but I believe he's actually going to choose to go with me because he's more confident in my ability to close on time, because closing is set before the end of this month, so just a couple weeks away. 
and he hasn't formally begun the approval process with either of us at this point. And I think he's really appreciated my timely communication and my expertise in explaining the details and the finer points of mortgage lending, things that he did not get from this other lender, and he articulated that to me. So, And I I told him flat out, I said, I want to do everything I can to obviously give you the best deal, but this is not just a commodity business. We are not Burger King mortgage, and there is some value to be placed on working with someone who is an expert, cares, and is going to make sure you close on time with as little stress as possible. And that's what we offer. If you would like that level of service, low rates, and low closing costs, all you got to do is click on the blue button at acunet.com, A-C-C-U-N-E-T.com. Tim, thanks for hanging out with me this Sunday Anytime. morning. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on the biggest stick in the state, AM620 WTMJ. The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.